This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I'm your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. Uh, very excited about the episode today, as I always like visiting with like-minded doctors. And so today we're going to be chatting with Dr. Tracy Gappen, MD. He is a board-certified urologist and world-renowned men's health and performance expert. Uh, he is a best-selling author and professional speaker. He has over 20 years' experience focusing on... Uh, executives, entrepreneurs, athletes, uh, in helping them to optimize their performance. Uh, he is currently still working as a clinical urologist, but transitioning over into more of the longevity space, as I'm sure he will tell us a little bit more about that. So Dr. Gappen, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Greg. All right. So, yeah. So, so you're a, a urologist and so now you're doing more just kind of longevity medicine. And uh, as I was saying before we started recording, I don't see a lot of specialists doing that. And matter of fact, I've always told people, it seems like specialists, at least around here are, are some of the most closed-minded doctors that I, that I run into and, and just, they have problems thinking outside the box and, but you have obviously broke the mold of, uh, you know, the traditional kind of, um, sick model of healthcare and now making people better. So just talk about yeah. how you got to where you are today and, and, sure. and how you, you got into making this transition and then your motivation for maybe writing this uh, new book, which we're going to talk about. Sure. Yeah. So a uh, great question. So, you know, like most people who go through a huge transformation in their life. Um, it, it really started with me personally with my own health issues. Um, this was maybe, gosh, maybe six, five, six years ago now where I was uh, run down. I hit a wall. You know, I was, uh, I, I was not feeling well. I was overweight. I had no energy. I couldn't sleep. Um, and I was stressed out and I was getting that, that fat guy beer belly. And I, I knew something was wrong, but, you know, I, I was so focused on my career. I was so uh, busy as a urologist that I kind of let it go. And eventually my wife convinced me to go see a doctor myself. And so for the first time, and I talk about this in my book, you know, for the first time in my life, I was sitting in this doctor's office and getting my first physical exam ever. And it didn't go well. You know, I was overweight and my, my labs were off. I had signs of inflammation and poor kidney function. My cholesterol was sky high. And I, I was really, for the first time ever in my life, faced with my own mortality. And it's pretty terrifying. But what really changed my life was actually what this doctor friend of mine told me. He simply said, you know, Tracy, you need to eat more vegetables, maybe do some more exercise, and maybe we'll push on a statin. And I, I left his office that day really confused and scared and uh, not really sure where to go next because I, I knew that I needed help, but I knew it wasn't that. I knew there was much more to it than just that. And, and I, I had to, to really uh, accept the fact that I didn't either have an answer. I, you know, as a men's health expert, I had no other answers myself. And, 
this made me realize what you and I briefly mentioned before we started this podcast is that, you know, healthcare is broken and the whole disease model, Western medicine form of healthcare is, is, is broken because we are taught through our medical education how to treat disease, how to take care of a crisis. You know, if you have a kidney stone, I can help you. If you have uh, prostate cancer, I can help you. If you can't pee, I can help you. But when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to sleep, when it comes to your detoxification systems, when it comes to, you know, what's the right activity for me, when it comes to the to targeted supplementation, when it comes to all these aspects of our health to proactive, you know, disease prevention, we're clueless. And so I started down this path, this rabbit hole, if you will, maybe five years ago of learning about epigenetics and how our environment and lifestyle affect our genetic expression, which ultimately uh, comes down to our physiology. I learned about peptide therapy. I learned about hormone optimization. I learned about how to use wearable tech to take a real data-driven approach to health. And, and I learned about systems medicine. And I learned about some functional medicine. And through all this education I transformed my own health and I regained my energy and I lost weight and my labs got better. And, you know, more importantly, I regained my relationship with my family where I was able to be a, a better husband and be able to be engaged and present with my kids and, and play with them and be active and energetic. And it, this transformation in my own personal life and health is what got me to really transition my career and so I have, as you mentioned, I've decided to set aside my scalpel, quote unquote, and I wrote a book called Mel 2.0, which is really the launching pad for me to, to practice a, a new uh, age of, of healthcare and medicine. And we can call it performance medicine. We can call it, you know, precision medicine is using your genetics, but I take it much further than that, where uh, I look at using wearable tech to take a very data-driven approach. And uh, I look at, you know, hormone optimization and uh, peptide therapy and lifestyle management. And, and there's so much we could talk about around that, but suffice it to say that the Mel 2.0 is really my launching pad for transforming men's health. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I'm curious uh, as you're kind of making this transition, what your colleagues have, have thought about all this. Oh, they think I'm batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No mistake about that. They think I'm crazy. You know, that they're, they're, uh, they're interestingly, they're jealous of the fact that I'm, I'm transitioning away from from traditional Western medicine, you know, with the the bureaucracy, with the, the red tape, the paperwork, the, the insurance control, the way big pharma controls everything we do. Yeah. Uh, it, it is um, it, it's like I'm breaking away from the chains of medicine and it's liberating. It's exciting. It is incredibly fulfilling to see the difference that I make in men's lives uh, without being under all that control. Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, surely, though, and you know, when I talk to other doctors who aren't doing this, I mean, I, they can most of them can at least recognize that, you know, the standard of medicine, well, not all of them, some of them recognize this, but that the standard of medicine, it just really doesn't make people better. And, and it seems like when I talk to them, and I say that, and they get to thinking about it, they're like, Yeah, you know, you're, you're probably right. I mean, can they at least acknowledge that or? Yeah, you're exactly right that, that they do realize that, that that's an inherent flaw of, of traditional medicine. And, and, you know, we're, we're, it's reactive. You know, we're great at, at dealing with uh, disease and crisis situations. And, um, you know, if you, have a, if you have a heart attack, if you're in a car accident, if you have appendicitis, you know, you, you need traditional Western medical care. But for a lot of guys who I deal with who have 
low energy. They can't lose weight. They feel like crap. They're dealing with brain fog all day. They can't focus at work and they can't perform like they need to. And it's affecting, you know, their performance at work. It's affecting the relationship with their wife. It's affecting their ability to be good dads. Those guys are just not helped by, by traditional medicine. And, and that's the big difference. And so it, it's, it's taking a proactive approach to health. And, and that's really the, the foundation of Mel 2.0 is, is encouraging guys, motivating guys to take ownership of their health, to take charge and not wait for disease, not wait for a crisis situation to, um, to take charge. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the book. So it's, it's called Mel 2.0. And so you start in the book. Uh, discussing male 1.0, which is, uh, I'm assuming, kind of the sick male that, you know, I'm sure both of us see on a day-to-day basis. So just kind of talk about that and maybe uh, the problem that we're seeing today and just why it's so prevalent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there is a testosterone clinic at almost every corner now, and it's it's somewhat of a disgrace to, to men's health in the fact that their quote solution to optimizing men's health is just a testosterone shot. And my big theme that I talk about in the book and I talk about on stage and I emphasize with the, the men that I work with is to go quote beyond testosterone quote, because testosterone is only one piece of a much bigger system. And when we look at all the inputs that affect a human's a male's performance, a human's performance, we can look at, not just testosterone, but other hormones, first of all, such as thyroid and cortisol and insulin and melatonin and DHEA and vitamin D and estrogen, and it goes on and on. And and that's just hormones. We got to look at, you know, nutrition, like what are the right kind of foods that are right for your body that you should be eating? And, you know, guys don't know what to eat. They don't know what to do. And they're all time to, to, to make good choices uh, when, when it comes to, to preparing their own foods. They don't know what supplements to be taking. They don't know, you know, what micronutrients might they have a risk of deficiencies or do they need extra support? Uh, a lot of guys are struggling with poor sleep, which can promote cortisol, which promotes weight gain, which causes difficulty losing weight and uh, difficulty building muscle and, and low energy and, you know, has a cascading effect. So, you know, focusing on good quality sleep, focusing on the right kind of exercise. And so you see how there are all these inputs that ultimately affect a man's health. And all these quote experts out there are talking about is testosterone and it does an injustice to, to men's health. And so male 1.0 is this concept of uh, reactive uh, disease care where men simply go through their life and, and uh, don't have any um, focus on what they should be doing and understanding what's right for their bodies. Uh, male 1.0 is reactive, waiting for disease to set in. Uh, male 1.0 is focused on just taking testosterone when they have issues. And, and typically that's sex. You know, when, when guys go to a, a T clinic uh, and focus on testosterone, a lot of times the, the impetus for that was uh, declining sexual function or low libido. And I point out that, that sexual function is certainly one of the big triggers for men, but it, it's really a sign of, of much more significant underlying issues that we need to address. Okay. And so then you go on and to talk about male 2.0, you break it down. I like your acronym of male, which is mindset, aging, lifestyle, and environment. And so if we could, let's break that down. And, you know, so people listening or men listening can, can kind of get an idea of what they need to do. So you mentioned mindset, uh, you know, kind of talk about that as a, as a first step in getting healthier. 
Yeah, thanks so much. So, so the the male framework, the MALE, as you mentioned, uh, is is really the the foundation for uh, my systems based approach to men's health, and that is again looking at all of the various inputs that affect a man's health and how can we optimize every aspect of that. So I, I like to say it all starts with mindset, and if your mindset's not uh, focused and intact and where it needs to be, then then nothing else is going to be successful. So the first aspect is mindset, and and I start with with guys asking, you know, what is your why? What's your, what's your driving focus? What's your reason for coming to me in the first place? What, what are you hoping to achieve and what are your goals? And along those lines, I really emphasize living with purpose and living with intention. And that's really the key word is intention in that everything you do should be directed toward what's your ultimate goal. And if you're, you know, for me, for example, my why is, my family is my two kids, my five-year-old and seven-year-old who are everything to me. And so when I make decisions, it's based on my why and it's living with intention. And that's not to say you can't, you know, have, have, have a piece of cake every now and then at a birthday party. I'm, I don't mean, I'm not saying to torture yourself and you can't ever live a little bit, but you also can make very smart decisions in your life on a daily basis to be sure you're living with intention and focused on those goals. I emphasize stress resilience. You know, we are faced with inordinate amount of stress in our life, especially, you know, with the COVID pandemic we've been dealing with, with the financial and health struggles, uh, familial issues guys have with work-life balance and all the other uh, stressful situations in their life. Guys go through life chronically stressed. And so becoming resilient to stress is really a key and I talk a lot about ways of, of reducing stress, uh, stress, really the effect of stress, not necessarily stress itself. You can't eliminate stress in your life, but how do you deal with it? So stress resilience is a key. Um, and then finally, mindset, I round it out with limiting beliefs. You know, so many men have challenges that they think are insurmountable that, you know, I can't change. I'm too old to change. I can never overcome these issues or these are what's holding me back. And, and honestly, Greg, most of it is bullshit. Most of it is uh, self-fulfilling limitations that are nothing more than limiting beliefs. And so helping guys realize those limiting beliefs and overcoming those supposed challenges so that they can really optimize themselves is really the, the beginning of it all. Okay. Talk for another minute, if you will, about stress, because man, I see that all the time and it's, yeah. it give us some, maybe some practical tips that you tell men to help decrease stress. Cause it's, that's a tough one, you know, cause it's easy yeah. to say, it's easy for me to tell them, Hey, you need to, you need to stress less. And, you know, but, but guys are working, you know, they're, they're running yep. kids to uh, baseball practice and whatever. And, and what, what are some practical tips that can decrease stress? Sure. So number one is breathing. You know, every guy I, I, I talk to about this topic, their initial immediate response, you can see whether it's verbal or nonverbal is, yeah, I know how to breathe, doc. I've been breathing my whole life. Just finally leave me the hell alone. But in fact, no one knows how to breathe properly unless you actually practice it and are taught the proper way to breathe. And what I mean by that is most people breathe through their mouth and they breathe too heavily and too often. And what happens with that is when you're over breathing like that, you're, you're blowing off too much carbon dioxide, meaning if you were to test your carbon dioxide levels, they're diminished. And what that does is that affects oxygen delivery to your target tissue. So oxygen perfusion to your tissue, whether it's muscle, whether it's your brain, whether it's any part of your body is affected by low carbon dioxide levels, especially when that's on a chronic basis. And so proper breathing should number one, be always through your nose. Breathing should always be slow and it should be relaxed. It should never be forced. 
and it should be with your diaphragm rather than your upper chest. And so getting guys to breathe through their nose, getting guys to breathe slowly, getting guys to breathe in more of a relaxed manner is, is really, really important um, as a, a way to mitigate the effects of chronic stress. So I incorporate breathing exercises with mindfulness or meditation practices. So as a medical doctor, I would have people laugh at me when I bring up this topic, but there is incredible uh, sophisticated published studies on the real efficacy of mindfulness and meditation. In fact, some studies have shown tremendous uh, effects on genetic expression. When we look at methylation patterns in your DNA, so at a very scientific basic level, we can see changes in your gene expression with nothing more than meditation and mindfulness practices. So I'm big on emphasizing uh, meditation on a daily basis, uh, preferably twice a day for at least 10 minutes. Uh, a lot of guys are, are comfortable meditating on their own. Guys who have never done it before, I emphasize uh, the guided apps, which are a great way to start meditating if you're not familiar with what to do. Uh, things like, excuse me, Headspace is a great uh, app that, that I, I recommend. Uh, Calm, uh, there are a number of other ones out there that are great to use for guys who've never done it before, but it's super simple and it's amazing the effect it has on, on uh, helping guys uh, relax and reduce stress. Um, you know, relaxation techniques, um, including uh, just whatever your, your activity is that you enjoy doing. So I'll give you an example. One guy, he loves to paddleboard. That's his deal. That That's his jam. And for him, that's his state of Zen. That's where he can actually relax the best. And so that is what I would prescribe for him to do on a regular basis. But he's so busy at work that he doesn't have time to paddleboard. And so he'll paddleboard maybe once a month. And so this is what I talk about when I mean by living with intention. So if you know you love paddleboarding and, and that's how you can create a, a state of Zen and relax and, and get you to become more stress resilient, then you need to create time in your life for that. And so it's literally about scheduling that into your daily life and, you know, creating a life by design, a schedule by design. And so relaxation technique does not need to be as structured and rigid as sitting somewhere in a chair and doing uh, meditation. It could be something as simple as enjoying activities that you love to do. Yeah. Very good. Great advice. So next you talk about aging. So uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Aging is the nerdy part of the program. This is where we get into the, into the science behind how can we reverse the aging process? And I use the word reverse very carefully and I'll get called out on that, but I'll tell you, there are studies that have actually shown that we can reverse the aging process. There was the Fahey study that came out about a year and a half ago now or so that showed that with a regimen of DHEA, metformin, and growth hormone combination, as well as some, some supplements, they were able to reverse aging after one year, the guys who, who had this treatment regimen they became a year and a half younger. Now, I don't mean chronologically, I mean biologically. What I mean by that is we can measure your biologic age through various tests looking at methylation patterns in your DNA. And so we can quantify objectively your biologic age. And so we've shown through this study that we can actually reverse aging. You know, this is actually coincidentally a great day to be talking about this because just yesterday there was a published study. This was the first prospective randomized study, excuse me, not randomized, a prospective study that showed 
in a cohort of, of individuals who they treated with uh, a systems-based approach to health, like I've been talking about here, that there was a, a three plus year difference in their biologic age in a very short time period compared to their uh, uh, normal uh, cohorts, the um, placebo controlled pl cohorts, if you will. So we have studies that show that you can actually reverse aging. So getting to the point here, I'm sorry, I belabor that, but I think it's important to emphasize that you can reverse aging. We look at the, the, the nine hallmarks of aging and we look at how can we optimize every one of those. This includes things like optimizing mitochondrial function, reducing cellular DNA damage, optimizing hormones, optimizing cellular function, looking at uh, cellular efficiency. Uh, we look at it increasing NAD levels. We look at ways of reducing oxidative stress. And these are all really uh, the, the scientific basis of uh, aging. And without getting too complex for the listeners beyond that, I'll just say that this is where we can use science to really uh, reverse the aging process. Okay, very good. And uh, you mentioned peptides. Is this where you're, I guess yes. you're using a lot of peptides for this? Yes, yes. I, I love peptides. Peptides are nothing more than chains of amino acids. You, you know, a protein is a chain of amino acids longer than 100 uh, uh, excuse me, longer than 100 amino acids in length. Uh, any chain of amino acids shorter than 100 segments in length is called a peptide. And there are peptides that are simply as short as two amino acids in length. And peptides are incredible because they're signals that your body already recognizes. These, these are natural signals that, that some, in some cases come from your own human body. Uh, for example, BPC-157 uh, is an amazing peptide for inflammation. This is a peptide that is a, a fragment of gastric juices, gastric enzymes, basically comes from your stomach and your body recognizes these signals already. And uh, that's a great peptide for reducing gut inflammation. Uh, we could also use that for musculoskeletal inflammation. Um, there are peptides like thymus and alpha, which have been shown to be incredibly effective for improving immune function. Uh, peptides such as uh, apitalon is one that's been shown in animal studies to extend longevity. Uh, there's one such as thymus and beta, which has been shown to be effective at improving uh, and speeding musculoskeletal repair. There are peptides for sleep, peptides for anxiety and depression, uh, peptides for sexual uh, drive and libido, as well as sexual function, peptides for skin care and hair loss. And I'll tell you what, Greg, there's a peptide for almost anything you can imagine at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think I maybe told you before we, we started recording, I'm starting to get more and more into peptides. I'm just opening that door and I'm, uh, I've yeah. got about a handful of them that I'm doing pretty regularly now, just kind of the more common ones. But the, the more that I uh, just start prescribing peptides and even doing them myself, the more excited that I'm getting about peptides. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the most commonly used peptides that, that I'll, I'll start guys on is really their, their, their entrance to peptide therapy is, uh, the growth hormone secreted gogs. And, oh, yeah. and, and the reason for this is, you know, growth hormone declines by about 1% a year, starting at the age of 40. And we know that, that that's a big part of aging. And so anything we can do to restore normal growth hormone levels is really critical. And, and, and so these peptides that help with growth hormone is, is so much better and more physiologic than taking growth hormone exogenously. Yeah. Do you like uh, Ipamorlin or do you mind if I ask which, do you have a preference yeah, on yeah, you Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. I actually, uh, I like CJC Ipamorlin combination to start. Yeah. So Ipamorlin is, is great at inhibiting 
somatostatin. So for the listeners to get a little scientific briefly, somatostatin turns off growth hormone production. Ipamorlin works by turning off somatostatin, <laughs> which uh, double negative helps increase growth hormone production. Um, but unless you have increased growth hormone releasing hormone uh, in, in tandem with that, you don't tend to get nearly as good of a result. So I'll combine the two. CJC acts like growth hormone releasing hormone to actually stimulate uh, that production. And so it's a great peptide to be used at bedtime, which is when your uh, typical diurnal growth hormone production is the most. Gotcha. Okay. So moving on, you talk at the next uh, uh, in the mail is lifestyle. Um, and we could, we could have a whole podcast on this, but <laughs> uh, so really? talk about uh, just, you know, what you, what you generally recommend as far as lifestyle management. Yeah, sure. So I, I think this is the part to really emphasize that we are all individuals and we're all unique. And I hate that there's all this noise out there, but you got to do keto, you got to do paleo, you got to do vegan or whatever. And this is where it comes down to precision medicine, where we use genetics to really understand what's right for your body. So lifestyle is broken down into uh, nutrition, sleep, and fitness. And every one of those areas, there are unique genetics that help us understand what's right for you. So for example, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about low carb diet and low carb in general is, is very beneficial when it comes to reducing, you know, the, the refined processed foods, the sugars, the cakes, the, the, the candies, the breads, that sort of thing. But there are a lot of people based on their genetics who will actually lose weight, they'll burn fat, they'll build muscle better with a high complex carb diet. And that's very counterintuitive. And that's against what a lot of people think. And they, they tell me I'm crazy. But if you look at your genetics, there are genetics related to how your body processes carbohydrates, and uh, we can really customize your diet accordingly. Along those same lines, a lot of men will actually do better with a lower protein intake if they want to lose weight, which again is counterintuitive, but the genetics dictate what's right for you. We can look at micronutrients when it comes to, you know, targeted supplementation. Some guys will actually have increased inflammation with supplementation of vitamin E, for example. Other guys need higher vitamin D levels because perhaps their vitamin D receptor doesn't work as well as others. Um, some guys need the retinoic acid form of vitamin A as opposed to the, the dietary beta carotene. All of these things are things that you would only know by looking at your genetics. Uh, you know, the APOE gene is great at, at identifying whether you do well with saturated fat intake. Uh, the APOA5 gene is, is good at knowing whether you do well with nuts, eating nuts. And so there are tons of, of genetic data points that I, I look at to help guys precisely understand from a nutrition standpoint what they should be eating. Same thing for fitness. You know, we can look at genetics related to whether your body does better with burst exercises like, like you know, high intensity interval training versus strength training. And that could really help guide uh, your, your workouts. There are genetics related to fatigability and recovery. So uh, I have trainers who work for me that based on genetics will, will guide my clients on exactly what their workouts should look like in terms of sets and reps and, and weights and that sort of thing. So we can really individualize it way beyond uh, just uh, eat more vegetables and, and exercise more like I was told. Mm -hmm. Well, very good. Um, last is environment. And again, this could, you know, be a, a huge topic. I mean, we, we obviously live in a toxic environment. Um, so talk about some of the things you recommend with that. Yeah, sure. So I, I've actually been on stage a number of times talking about endocrine disruptors. And I'm, I'm quite passionate about it because I feel that this is, this is really the underlying 
cause the etiology of the pet testosterone, excuse me, the testosterone pandemic that we're dealing with. And, you know, everyone talks about COVID, but no one's talking about the testosterone pandemic, I like to, to say, because we've seen a dramatic decline in testosterone levels over the last 30 years. And one of the big culprits that I believe is the main culprit is uh, toxic chemicals in our environment. Examples, BPA, which is the plastic used to make plastic water bottles. Studies have shown that it profoundly affects testosterone production. Phthalates. Phthalates are, uh, are the chemical that make plastic bendable, flexible, and see-through, translucent. And so a lot of plastics are made with phthalates. Plastic food containers, um, K-cups when you brew coffee, um, anything that has, um, that's used for food storage, all that plastic is getting leached into our food. And it's uh, been shown in several studies to affect testosterone production. Our crops, our wheat and corn crops especially, are sprayed with chemicals like atrazine, which have been shown to profoundly affect testosterone production. We can look at chemicals that are in our personal care products like deodorant and sunscreen and shampoo and laundry detergent and, and so on. Anything that's scented is toxic to our testosterone production. And so the, the first part of, of improving our detoxification is to limit our exposure to all these chemicals in our environment. And so it's understanding the chemicals, it's understanding the products that are safe for us. Uh, there are a couple of great apps that guys can use on their phone, even to, to you know, when they're, when they or their wife, when they're shopping, they can look for products. Uh, uh, Think Dirty is a great one or Healthy Living by the Environmental Working Group. Uh, those are two really good apps that you can use that you can actually scan barcodes of products and it'll show you right there the ingredients and you can make right decisions to limit your exposures. Um, I recommend against ever drinking from a plastic water bottle. You should be filtering all your water. You should never be storing your food in a, a plastic container, let alone heating it especially. Uh, you should avoid K-cups, that plastic's getting into your coffee. Um, and then again, your personal care products, you need to be really careful of what you're using. Um, so I filter all my water. I recommend that, that uh, men do the same. Uh, I use a stainless steel water container for my uh, storing my water as well. So, you know, I study this stuff and, and so I've heard a lot of that. And when I was reading your book, you know, I heard all that. And, and so even with me, when I'm reminded of all that, sometimes it just, it makes me throw my hands up and be like, this is impossible. You know, <laughs> our environment is so toxic. I mean, you know, you can't drink coffee in cups and, you know, you can't drink bottled water and, you know, you're talking about the personal, uh, uh, you know, cosmetic products. Uh -huh. So it's, it's just can be overwhelming, I guess. And, and again, I, I read and study this stuff. So where's a good place to start? I mean, if, uh, if, you know, men are listening or women and they're like, that's, you know, that's impossible. That's just, you know, it, this is the world we live in. I mean, yeah. what are maybe some first steps to just decrease some of those things? Yeah, sure. There's a great book that goes through all of these things that you can do. It's an incredible, probably the best men's health book I've heard out there. It's called Male 2.0 that was just released recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm playing. I'm, I'm half playing. Um, it, yeah, it, in honesty, though, uh, one of the last chapters in my book, I, I, I give very specific guidance on that. You know, number one, start with your water. You know, the water is a big source. There was a great study that showed that the drinking water here in the U.S. is loaded with at least 20 different chemicals. And those chemicals are not filtered by our, our municipal treatment centers. They just don't have the capacity to do that. So you need to be filtering your water. So there are a couple of ways of doing that. Number one is you can have one installed in your house. 
So we had one, we just built a house recently and I had one installed so that my ice maker and my water supply for drinking water are filtered. And that way I don't have to ever think about it. I put it in a stainless steel container and it's good for the day. But for those of you who, who can't install one, you can get one under the sink. There are a couple of great options for under the, the sink filters that you could install on your kitchen sink so that you're at least that one faucet has uh, drinking water that you can use. You can also use a, a filter out there like the Berkey water filter. This is a, a it looks like a tea urn. This is a portable device that has a carbon filter block in it, which is really critical. You know, uh, the, the RO reverse osmosis does not, I get this question all the time. It does not clear these chemicals from your water. You need specifically a carbon block filter. And the Berkey is a great one that you can use as well. You put it on your counter, you pour water on the top of it and, and they claim you could even put lake water in there and it, it'll purify it to, to drinking water. Mm. Um, you can do something like that as well. And so this, this goes back to the living with intention part where it's these micro decisions that you make on a daily basis that over the long term have a massive effect, you know, piece by piece by piece, you're putting this puzzle together. And so starting with those little maneuvers is going to make a big difference. Um, making sure that you have glass storage containers, whether it's Pyrex or glass, so that you don't ever have to store your food in a plastic container. Um, let alone cook as well. You should never cook your food in a plastic container either, especially like in the microwave. Don't use K-cups. Get a regular coffee uh, machine that you can use that does not have K-cups. You know, those are just some basic decisions that you can make on a daily basis. You can use the apps that I mentioned when you go to, uh, to buy your personal care products. It, it's making the choice that you're not going to continue to suffer. It's an active decision you got to make on a daily basis. Great advice. So to, to kind of summarize everything, um, if you, if you don't mind kind of walk us through maybe your daily regimen that would maybe summarize for everybody, what a, what a, maybe a typical healthy day would look like. Yeah. Great question. You know, this is different for everybody. And, and, and I'll say that, that when I work with men, I, I, I have them create their calendar and it looks different for each man, depending on, on their, you know, their genetics dictate, whether they're an early riser or a later riser. Sometimes their, their work schedule may dictate that. But, uh, you know, a typical day would look like this. Uh, you wake up at 6 a.m., you go train 45 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. You go shower, you take your supplements, you go to work. You're doing intermittent fasting. You know, we didn't talk much about intermittent fasting on the nutrition section, but, but uh, you're intermittent fasting until uh, about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock or so. At that point, you eat your first meal. And you take your other supplements, you know, certain supplements that you take in the morning cannot be taken with others. So I, I break that up into two sessions. So you take your supplements and you have a healthy lunch. Again, a, a genetics based uh, a meal that's unique for you. You then, based on your work schedule, when you're done with work, you, um, and I should have mentioned uh, when you first wake up, you actually meditate when you first wake up for the first 10 minutes. After work, you meditate for 15, 20 minutes before you go home. At that point, you walk in the door and everything, all your work turns off so that you're 100% focused on your family, your wife, your kids, you're present, you're engaged, you have family dinner, no electronics. At that point, in the evening, all the electronics turn off. At 7 p.m., no more electronics, no more phones, no more computer work. It's reading. It's you know spending time with the family. And then it's bedtime take your supplements, take your peptides, and it's bedtime. So that's a typical day. I've created time for training. 
I've taken my supplementation. I've taken whatever peptides I may be taking. I've created time for my, for my family. I've created time for work and it's very clear cut. And I've had relaxation time scheduled in there as well. What happens with a lot of guys is the work-life balance gets, gets disrupted. They wake up at 6.30. They hurriedly get in the shower. They got to get to work. They get to work by 7, 7.30. They're working their ass off till 6 p.m. They race home, see the family for a little while. They chow down dinner, and then they get back on their computer from 7 p.m. until 10.30, whatever, still working, not present with their family. Their family feels it. They know that they, you know, they know that that he's not truly engaged because his mind is still at work. Mm -hmm. And then he struggles to sleep, can't sleep well because his mind's not straight because he hasn't done anything else he, he was supposed to be doing the rest of the day. And he has a crummy night's sleep and he wakes up the next day and starts all over again. Didn't create time for exercise, didn't create time for family life, didn't create time for meditation, didn't create time for his own personal relaxation techniques, and didn't eat like he's supposed to. And you see how it's all those decisions on a daily basis. It's creating the life that you want and any, any guy can do it with some help. Yeah. yeah and I love that. I uh, love all that advice. And I love it that you start with the mindset and the intention um, because if they don't have that, then you can tell them anything and they're yeah. just going to fall into fear. So yeah, yeah. great, great right. advice. So, well, very good. Uh, so I always uh, close out by asking my guests if they could give us one health tip that could make us healthier today, what would you say? Great question. I would emphasize sleep. Okay. You know, the common denominator with just about every man I see is poor sleep. And I, that has a, a trickle down cascading effect on the rest of your health. And so I, I would say focus on good sleep hygiene would be the single most important thing that I would emphasize. So you noticed in my daily regimen there, uh, electronics turn off at 7 p.m., you know, at least three hours before bedtime. You can do some reading, you can spend time with your family, have sex with your wife, whatever it may be before, before bedtime, but you're not on uh, getting that blue light stimulation of your brain. Uh, when you go to bed, it should be the exact same time every single day. So this is important, especially on the weekends. A lot of guys have this social jet lag where they'll, they'll go to bed at, at 1 a.m. on the weekends and then try to catch up during the week. You just can't do that. You got to go to bed at the same exact time because your body's circadian rhythm ultimately affects everything. And when you disrupt that, it has a massive effect on your health. And so going to bed the exact same time every day, and then preferentially waking up at the same time every morning as well is really critical. Absolutely dark room, absolutely no electronics near you. You know, EMF ha can have an effect on the quality of your sleep. And so I recommend uh, no phone by your bedside. I recommend uh, no lights in the room whatsoever. So cool room, very dark room and, you know, comfy bedding, of course. Um, and then finally, we haven't talked about this at all today, but, you know, you're really tracking your data is really key. So when I work with guys, I have them track their data, whether it's with a, an Aura Ring, a Garmin watch, a Whoop, a Fitbit, whatever it may be. I want you tracking your sleep as well. So then you can actually look at the quality of your sleep and make sure you're getting enough deep sleep and REM sleep. And, and if not, then we can work on figuring out why. And those devices, by the way, I've been asked this several times. They really emit next to negligible, next to zero EMF as well. So those are great for sleeping with. Yeah, I love all that. I, I have a whoop strap and people yeah. have heard me talk about it before. I have a whole episode on, on whoop and uh, you know wearables and people can go back and listen to that. But yeah, I love just looking at that data and being able to try different things to manipulate that data. So it's just a lot of fun for me. Yeah, good stuff. Um, and, 
and and uh, one other thing just to add to everything you just said i i really emphasize um getting out in the sunlight uh, early if possible but just getting some type of direct sunlight during the day just to help with that circadian rhythm um, fantastic point so yes. many of us and i'm guilty of it you know i'm in an office all day under fluorescent lights and uh you know if, if we can just get outside get a little bit of natural sunlight i just think that's a good thing 100 percent agree with you Glad you brought that up. Well, okay. So um, the name of the book is Mail 2.0. A great book, a very easy read and full of uh, information, ton of information. And so to get a hold of you, it's Dr. Tracy Gappin, G-A-P-I-N.com. Is that the is that the best way to get a hold of you? Or Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, check out the website. Um, I do offer a free copy of my book. You can go to drtracygappin.com forward slash limitless. Uh, just cover the shipping. And I would love to share a free copy of the book with you. And if you'd like to get on a call with me, you can go to my website and there's a link where you can book a call directly. Great. And so your uh, clinic is the Gappen Institute. Is that correct? That's right. And, and that can be found on your website. Exactly. TracyGappen.com. Okay. Got it. Well, very good. Well, uh, thank you for what you're doing and congratulations on just making the transition uh, into uh, longevity medicine. Just, uh, yeah, thanks for all the information for the book and really appreciate you spending your time with us today. Uh, I appreciate you having me with you today. Thanks so much. All right, guys. And I appreciate y'all listening. And uh, don't forget, I always remind you on every podcast, but um, if you will go to uh, Apple podcast and uh, put some reviews down, I would really appreciate it. So uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to fit RX. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com or you can email me at drgreg at vibrantlifedc.com.